Hello, and welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, August 5th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. January 6th committee co-chair Liz Cheney tells CNN the DOJ has more than enough evidence to prosecute Donald Trump. And if it fails to do so, it will test the U.S. as a nation of laws. Cheney faces an uphill primary fight against a pro-Trump opponent, but her stance has brought in lots of -of out-of-state money and this high-profile endorsement. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Former Vice President Dick Cheney released an ad supporting his daughter ahead of the August 16th primary. Complete with West Wing-style music, he calls Trump the greatest threat to our country since its founding. He's a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Secretary of State Antony Blinken criticized Chinese military exercises around Taiwan during a meeting of Southeast Asian countries today. The exercises are largely seen as a response to Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan earlier this week. The fact is, the speaker's visit was peaceful. There is no justification for this extreme, disproportionate, and escalatory military response. Blinken's comments come amid reports from Japan's defense ministry that Chinese missiles have flown across Taiwan's main island for the first time ever. The July jobs report is in, and it's very good, much better than expected. The economy added 528,000 jobs in July, about 300,000 more than analysts anticipated. The unemployment rate also ticked down to 3.5% from 3.6% in June. With other indicators like GDP pointing to a downturn, the continued strength of the job market makes the case the economy might not be headed for a full recession. Two of the four people struck by lightning in a park across from the White House have died. D.C. police confirm an elderly couple from Wisconsin had been taking cover under a tree during a massive thunderstorm when a witness told NBC News a lightning strike caused a horrific boom. The two other people remain in critical condition. The final vote needed for President Biden's sweeping economic agenda has been secured. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema has agreed to pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes investments in climate programs and health care. To get on board, Sinema negotiated changes to tax increases and even scored some money for droughts in her home state of Arizona. The bill is expected to head to the Senate floor on Saturday and will be a major win for Biden. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we dive into the world of Barbie core. And if you have no idea what that is, then you really need to stick around and listen. Right now, men who have sex with men are struggling to get the monkeypox vaccine because it's in limited supply. FDA Commissioner Robert Khalif has an idea, though. Split one dose among five people. 
you know, like this is some sort of BOGO sale. Khalif says this will help vaccinate the country five times faster, but some doctors say there's a chance it'll make the vaccine less effective. And critics say the practice risks treating gay and bisexual men as second-class citizens. The once-hot investment app Robinhood had a bad week. The company's crypto division got slapped with a $30 million fine from New York state regulators. They allege Robinhood failed to protect consumers. And in a second round of layoffs, Robinhood let another 23% of its staff go. One person who was laid off told Insider that Robinhood has been hemorrhaging money. That's Aaron Wyman. He writes Insider's 10 Things on Wall Street newsletter. Now... Morale among the 2,600 remaining employees is grim. The company is likely to focus on more ways to cut costs, and CEO Vlad Tenev admitted that Robinhood hired too many people too soon. He also admitted that Robinhood was not well-equipped enough to deal with the market downturn. You know the culture war is getting serious when it moves to breakfast foods. Cracker Barrel, the restaurant chain based in Tennessee, recently posted on Facebook that it has added a plant-based sausage to its menu. Well, cue the predictable uproar in the comments section from people protesting the supposedly woke food stuff, which was then followed by a slew of counter-arguments from people with sensible advice, like, quote, if you don't want them, don't order them. Warner Brothers Discovery is merging its HBO Max and Discovery Plus streaming services into a single platform. The plan, announced at the company's earning call last night, is part of new CEO David Zaslav's goal to reach 130 million paying subscribers by 2025. The merged streaming service will roll out next summer, and while there's no word on the price, the company says it's also exploring a free ad-supported tier for the service post-launch. Amazon announced today that it will be buying iRobot, the company behind the Roomba vacuum, for nearly $2 billion. The deal, which is pending approval, should help Amazon expand into the robotics market. It also means even more of your household products are now connected to the online retail giant. After the announcement, iRobot shares jumped 20%. Cue the music. What's hot, DJ Roomba? DJ Roomba, turn it up! There's a new fashion trend taking over the summer, barbiecore. You know, like cottagecore or dadcore. It's a style, a vibe, dare I say, a way of life. And no, it's not just because of the upcoming Barbie movie. It actually predates the hype around the film. With Barbiecore, Gen Zs and millennials are embracing hot pink, fake lashes, big heels, and long nails. But insiders Marguerite Ward, who covers diversity and inclusion in business, says there's a lot more to it than just putting on a floofy pink dress. It's actually in part a response to quarantine and social distancing from the pandemic, kind of like a coming out of sorts, that we're here, we're ready to party. But then it goes deeper than that. It's not just cis hetero white women, you know, who look like Barbie embracing this. It's women of all shapes and sizes, colors, queer women, trans women. So it's almost a statement on feminism uh, that you can look pretty and also be smart. Yeah. So, you know, who is leading this Barbie core look? The trend really started kind of bubbling up over the past two years and really, you know, 
burst into the public eye with Valentino's Haute Couture Fall Winter show this past a uh, few weeks ago. But what's interesting is it's also being led by Black women, uh, specifically hip hop artists, people like Laverne Cox, um, and also queer artists like Lil Nas X. Yeah. And you're right that going back even 12 years, you know, we had Nicki Minaj declaring herself the Black Barbie. Exactly. Many attribute Barbie Corps' origin to Nicki Minaj's rise to fame in 2010 with her video for Super Bass, where she's wearing a hot pink wig, hot pink lipstick, long eyelashes. And she was kind of the first in mainstream pop culture to say, hey, I'm Barbie, I'm Black Barbie, and I'm fabulous. Since then, pop star Lizzo has embraced it. Actress Ariana DeBose has made headlines. Hip-hop artist Lakia with her song, I Look Good. What does it mean, though, to have, you know, Black women and queer people challenge the whiteness and heterosexuality of Barbie? So one of my sources, Sean Grain Carter, a fashion business consultant and professor at FIT, who is also a Black woman, said that pink is a color that represents a new wave of feminism. It's a pink that is about empowerment. It's a pink that is really about confidence. Women reclaiming this color at work, in politics, in finance, in media, in representations of women in terms of the imagery. So it's sort of like any marginalized group taking a word and then owning it. So, for example, the word queer used to be derogatory. But then the queer community said, you know what, we're going to own it. So, you know, as you say, this push for pink isn't exactly new. We had millennial pink, you know, which is that muted sort of relaxing color. So is this like hottest of hot pinks trend a snub somehow to this millennial pink? It is. uh, Millennial pink represents young women kind of blending in with the workplace. It's a soft feminine color. It's traditional. It's expected. This hot pink is more of like an Elle Woods from Legally Blonde or an Emily from Emily in Paris. It's young people calling for respect in all spaces. And it's no accident that the hot pink is also reminiscent of the pussy hats from the 2017 March Women's March on Washington. And Sean Green Carter says it's also a reaction to more recent world events. We've got wars, we've got inflation, we've got the pandemic. I mean, it's depressing if you start to contextualize all of that and think, oh my gosh, what is going on with the madness in the world? So you see a fabulous dress, a jacket, a pair of pants, a pocketbook, wearing a fun color makes you emotionally feel good. Listeners can't see this, but I um, right now have long nails that are in a hot pink. And yes. uh, Marguerite, you say that you're no stranger to the siren call of Barbie core. So <laughs> what do you love about it? How do you feel when you're at your Barbie core best? So when I have the fake nails and the pink pumps on, I feel like a badass. I feel like I am a woman who is in charge of her look, her body, her career, and you can't stop me. Marguerite, thanks for chatting with me. 
Thanks so much, Rebecca. Marguerite Ward writes about business at Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Carrie Donahue. I'm the executive producer, and Dave Smith will be back on Monday. Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider, and we had help this week from Alan Haberchak. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>